0: Welcome to the FNO InsurTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsurTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller.
1: Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Ooh. Where in the world is FNO InsureTech?
2: That, for all you (laughs) wondering out there, is my co-host, Lee Boyd, who's providing a wonderful introduction to today's episode of FNO InsureTech. From around the globe. From around the globe. Today's guest is coming to us from halfway around the world. We don't know that that's accurate, that it's actually halfway. I don't think We just it is. know that it's a long way mm-hmm. from us here in the southern tier of the United States. And that would be Oded Barak, co-founder and CEO of Five Sigma.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to get to talk to him. Five Sigma is an interesting company, and they are uh, really changing the way that claims are done making claims smarter and faster and quicker, and there are this full platform to really better the the claims atmosphere and environment. I'm very excited to
2: talk to him. You're you're kind of an operations guy on the claims side, so you kind of know claim systems, don't you?
1: Well, I'm a longtime adjuster. I've been in many claim systems, and yes, I would consider myself an operation guy.
2: And from somebody who's been around a bunch of different claim systems, what do you have to say about claim systems?
1: Well, I think that they're getting smarter and I think that they still have a long way to go. I think that there's a lot of uh, manual touches that can be taken out. Now, I can't tell you exactly what they are, uh, but I bet if there were a whole bunch of really smart people sitting around, I bet that they could help us determine what are those manual steps that could be taken away that maybe a a machine could do for us.
2: Well, we are excited to hear about it and to hear from Oded and... Also to, of course, hear our friend Lee Boyd singing the Carmen San Diego song. So please take us through the transition here. Where in the world is Epino InsurTech Israel? Hey, everybody, we are here with our guest today, joining us from literally halfway around the world, or maybe more than that, I'm not exactly sure. We have Oded Barak with us the CEO and co-founder of Five Sigma. Welcome to our podcast, Oded.
0: Thank you very much, guys. Uh, Lee Allen and Rob, thank you much for having me. Although half uh, the other side of the world feels like we're almost in the same room.
1: That's true. It kind of
2: sounds that way, doesn't it? Yeah. We were saying to Oded offline before we started how much we enjoy having people from Israel on the podcast, and that would include you, Oded. And so tell us a little bit about Five Sigma and what you guys do and what your products are. So Five
0: Sigma is really an end-to-end cloud-native and data-driven claims a management platform uh, directed for uh, the property and casualty sector not health obviously and not life and we provide you know a soup to nuts a claims platform uh, for insurance companies MGAs carriers self insured entities or TPAs anyone who actually needs and resolve claims we provide either a full claim end-to-end or modules for companies that, uh, you know, are not ready for a full replacement or bringing claims in-house, but looking for enhancements. And so different modules that can help them obviously uh, uh, resolve and and, uh, get an excellence claims operation under their hands. You know, in in terms of, uh, I think we we started just before the call, I told you uh, in the history of the company. The company was founded in uh, 2017. You know, we've got offices both in Israel and the United States, employees operation and sales in the U.S. today, and R&D and product in uh, Israel in Tel Aviv. As we mentioned, we've got several customers already deployed, a very nafty pipeline, uh, and our prime focus today has really uh, been today. The U.S. is, is going to be the sheer line of our effort, although we now really looking to expand and uh, hopefully going to have a few customers in the UK as well as in Israel.
2: You've had some big announcements. You have some big prominent customers here in the United States. Explain to us what what it is that your product does for a PNC carrier.
0: You know, when, First of all, when you think about the entire uh, uh, the claims domain, and you guys have been in the claims domain uh, for a while, you know, and I think the claims claims is really the reason I would call it insurance exists, right? It's actually the moment of truth in which the, the carrier uh, delivered the promise to the policy holder, right? Uh, and although, you know, you look at the Urban Dictionary uh, definition of insurance, it, uh, you know, you'll read that it's the business of selling people promises to pay them later that are never fulfilled. And so perception obviously this becomes the front end when we're talking about customer experience. But I think beyond that, when you think about just the sheer the, the level of in terms of numbers, what does it really mean? You know, about 70%, you know, call it between sixty to seventy-five percent, probably most of the companies on average, is the capital payout associated with claims between you know, right, the indemnity payment and LAE. When you think about this amazing number from a capital payout of a company, this number has become really dramatic when you look at the even last four years combined ratio in the industry uh, surpassing 100 points or, you know, the good company is actually margin thin. So you think about both from a customer perspective standpoint and from the company's ability to control its cost. Uh, On the other side, and a big portion of it, we can think about the LAE ratio. It's been around, and again, ups and downs, but on average for around 12%, more than a decade with actually zero efficiency gain whatsoever, right? Claims as a a domain uh, went through one singular transformation and that digitization, right? But what really was uh, driving the claim resolution process, and I think this is part of the reason you see this uh, zero efficiency gain for so long, is really the the focus on managing adjuster to compliance right and then so now you move to a digitized form you have more and more tools to actually manage the adjuster to just make sure they do what they need to do Um, and hence lae is constant right? right nothing actually helped them to make better decision and so we actually thought the right thing to uh to approach tackle this issue is really by um shifting from managing adjusters to actually enabling or empowering adjusters, providing them with the right tools, taking off what they don't need to do and the technology can actually do for them, leverage data to help them make better decisions, better accommodation throughout the claims life cycle. And so allow them to just, you know, think about the ability of an adjuster to have next to him or her a super adjuster, right? A super experienced adjuster to give them the right tips at the right time to the right person. So that's when we actually got really excited about the ability to actually close the gap, what I call the the supply-demand gap of what the industry needs, uh, and what is out there. And so this actually becomes much more important, right, in today's world when you uh, when you think about different changing business uh, modules like uh, uh, you know usage-based intel, usage-based insurance, for example, uh, mm-hmm. or the need to integrate integrate to IoT systems, right? You know, one of our customers, mm-hmm. as you know. Uh, HIPPO is, uh, you know, one of the big things they do is is the the, the IoT uh, segment and how they actually partner with their policyholders. Intelligence and the usage usage of intelligence. So technology is the one key factor to actually bridge that gap. And the second is the ability to unlock the unbelievable amount of data that claims management has. Provide that data, obviously, structure it, build it, utilize it, uh, create modules that actually help uh, uh, drive a much better uh, claims resolution operation, both on an individu- individual level of a claim, and obviously in an aggregate in a portfolio. Uh, and I'll start. I started, and I'm going to end with uh, intensify customer customer needs. Right, the front end this is really claims when it comes to that point. So, so we we actually when we started uh, our journey, as I said, we initially thought. You know, let's build the next generation TPA, you know, on our proprietary uh, technology. And, and, you know, I sound probably like a like a father who is super objective talking about his kids. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we got a pretty, uh, I would say, really within the Israeli uh, tech sphere, we got a, a really top notch folks. Uh, and we got the domain expertise experts on the claim side as well in you know, our CEO spent 30 years you know in the world of uh, claims uh, processing as an adjuster uh, it progressive became a claims executive in a variety mm-hmm. of companies uh, like all states and uh, AAA uh, and mm-hmm. Chubb. and so the ability to create what I call the symbiotic relationship between the domain expertise on the claim side w- as well on the technology side and you know call it, translate uh, various concepts from you know the concept level to a code line are really really quickly. so you know for us it's super exciting.
2: Before we dig into the product a little bit more, yeah. I have to ask because this question keeps coming through my mind how does a bunch of smart tech guys running around in Israel get concerned with this this per- these particular problems? How did Five Sigma come to be? You said that the you life. originally thought we're thinking more in the TPA side, but how did you realize that what this product you were developing, this, this technology you were building out was the right fit? Explain your origin story here.
0: This is a great question. I think the, uh, the evolution of where we, we, we started and where we had actually ended up in you know this, this what I, I think is super exciting and some will say super great, it's super exciting area. You know, and I, I met my uh, co-founders for Shalomon and Michael Kircheli, which are two top techies. I would say, you know, those guys started their undergrad in mathematics and computer science at the age of 16.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. They were
0: okay. kind of, yeah, they're, they're kind of a cherry picked, you know, to, to uh, spend their, call it military years uh, in a very uh, elite technology unit in the prime minister's office, basically solving real world problems had a, a problem that needed technology, mm-hmm. a solution. They told them, guys, there was a bunch of teams, go figure it out. Now, there was a, you can imagine, mission critical as well as very time sensitive. And that's what they did for, you know, almost 10 years together. And so when they actually left the the service, uh, you know, I, I would say throughout this time, they kind of uh, missed mathematics and computer science and they went out and did their uh, Degrees in uh, advanced mathematics, applied mathematics and, uh, and machine learning and all that kind of good stuff that we know. And when we met, we kind of, uh, you know, we can talk about my background, but uh, we thought this is a synergy between, you know, the business and strategy side of things to look for a solution for some real problems and their ability to apply, uh, you know, tech thinking in a very, I would say, both macro and micro fashion. And so, you know, what we looked for, we looked for, I would call it a market or a vertical, which has, I would call it five elements. The first one was, needs to be large enough, obviously. The second was, it needs to have, you know, a real, what I called, growing supply-demand gap. And this demand gap is because of, you know, lack of technology usage for the, the tech and data can actually help close that gap. It needs to be a reach in data market. Um, you know and and so and lastly we thought about two other elements that help one is you need to impact the consumer uh, in a way either we go direct or b2 b to c if it really affects the consumer and then we wanted to look at a space that most of the startup didn't actually already tackle it you know at least in a massive way uh, and we, we when we started you know uh, you got companies like uh, maybe damage assessment tractable companies or fraud detection companies when we looked at the at the landscape, which is intensifying, we can talk about it. But uh, you know, you saw various companies. You know, the big incumbents, which are not cloud companies, right? They have a ro- robust features and workflows, right. but very uh, right. not flexible on prem. You got others that are, you know, maybe the Socotra and by core of the world that actually are cloud, but you know, not focus on claim, and, and so we thought this uh, segment needs a uh, solely focus of best of breed and cloud native data driven solution. And so we actually, at the beginning, as I said, we thought about a TPA because we thought that's gonna actually help us uh, build a much better product. And what what we realized through this uh, journey, I would say, and we, we, we spent quite a lot of time actually looking at uh, doing a market analysis. Um, uh, and, and by the way, on those five different uh, uh I would call features that i mentioned that drove us to where we are today we looked at various industries before we started you know healthcare was one of them there's uh, a few of those um and everybody told us you know you got to look at the insurance those guys first of all pay and those guys have a real problem that needs to be solved to the, today or yesterday yes. um right. and so we start talking to uh to to insurance guys and said listen this is this is this is an amazing place um what we learned when we Talked about a potential, uh, you know, TPA. Actually, next-gen TPA was uh, that when it comes to a call it a file, a full file uh, claim file management. You know, um, most of the companies are actually using that kind of TPA service for you know catastrophes or whatnot. Um, but majority understand today, and I think part of it is that tsunami of insurtech or distribution. Most of the companies really looking to uh, own the consumer or the policyholder, right? Uh, So they're kind of minimizing the usage of TPA, unless it's specialty, you know, call it works, comps, and whatnot. Uh, They will use TPAs mainly for, you know, point solution or damage assessment, appraising services, and whatnot. The second thing we heard is companies looking at our product and saying, listen, we don't need a service, and I'm not intending actually to switch from a bad TPA to someone which is supposed to be better. I'm just going to bring claims in-house. But I'll tell you what, I actually really love your platform. Uh, and I would like to buy the platform. And and so, by the way, this is a point that our platform wasn't really productized yet, right? Uh, and so we kind of got back to the sandbox and thought to ourselves, we, at the end of the day, a technology company, you know, majority of what we do is actually tech. And we can actually build and improve and utilize the data in a way that the system is going to improve itself all the time. And so that's where we are. So. It took us a while. I got to say, you know, this was at least a year of a journey trying to kind of understand where exactly we want to play. But that's, I would call, that's the evolution of where we're at.
1: Well, with that, you know, in a second, I want to jump into exactly what Five Sigma is and and paint me a picture of that. But first, I want to say, I mean, whenever you decide, okay, insurance, that's where I want to go. What do you do first? Is it you call people in, in the industry and just start ask them about problems. What is it you, you do whenever you decide you want to jump into the world of insurance?
0: You, I think like you do with every, every point of, uh, you know, you, you, you decide that you want to explore, you know, right, before you actually make a final decision. Uh, that's what took us a while. So I think the first uh, phase is really understanding that you need to, um, you know, i call it humility and come to this with a lot of uh, kind of open ears and just listen and talk to as many people as you can. And this, by the way, not only uh, you know, the, the, and and think about the entire call it uh, cycle or uh, or value chain, right? From carriers, uh, from underwriters to folks that actually uh, manage the the policy side, uh, to claims to reinsurance companies, CTOs, CIOs, uh, chief claims officers, CEOs, the entire enchilada. So we, we, at the beginning, we start with uh, carriers in Israel, um, mm-hmm. obviously. Early enough, we, we, we saw that we actually have the opportunity to talk to various uh, Israeli insurtech folks out there that went through the, uh, uh, the battlefield and, and have some experience and can uh, guide us and talk about real problems. And then we actually looked for, we, we, we at that point, we kind of uh, decided that within the sandbox, claim is where we want to focus. Uh, and then we actually did two things. One is um, try to find a, somebody who actually was an adjuster Uh, grew up to become a chief claim officer, and Mm -hmm. then spent a lot of time, and I'm saying a lot of time because we spent, you know, uh, a month sitting with uh, claims adjusters and just seeing how they do their work, you know, sitting side by side, looking at the problems, looking at the workflows, looking at deficiencies, talking to them about what really bothered them, you know. And so, once we start to understand and identify the issues, then we uh, went back and say on a you know whiteboard and say, okay, key issues, drivers, and now we start spitting some uh, some concepts, some some ideas. I got to say that the fact that we brought in early enough uh, in this process, uh, folks that were actually chief claim officer and, and adjuster, and understanding it from the inside out, uh, you know. Uh, you, you look bottoms, uh, you know, uh, bottoms up and, and tops down. Uh, yeah. You understand it from all directions. That really help us both—not just understanding what's missing and what is the challenge that the adjuster needs some serious help with, uh, but also what would help them adopt. Right? Uh, what is the twenty eighty rule? And so that's the method.
1: That is wonderful. I love hearing the stories about uh, going from you know, I did. To actually a, a product. And, and so tell me a little bit about Five Sigma. We, we've talked about it and really what it's designed to do. But paint me a picture. Is this a, a user interface that a claims company is, is using to make decisions? Is this a engine that sits kind of behind the scenes? What What exactly is this?
0: You know, as I said, this is actually a full platform for claims management solution. So, you know, we obviously the first question will be, what are you guys that are looking to replace Guidewire or DocCreeks or another platform? Primarily, this is what we are. We actually looking to provide a very different experience uh, for an adjuster and the management for claim resolution. And so there's two elements to this. As I said, the first one. We really have a soup to nuts claims resolution platform, from first notice of loss to actually claim resolve with a variety of, of uh, you know workflows and features to help adjuster take a claims the entire life cycle. We obviously an API hub and we a cloud native solution. Uh, and in some cases, obviously we we're looking for the best of breed you know point solution to uh, integrate with, and that's what we do. But uh, primarily what the platform is doing is helping adjusters to resolve claims. This is the system that is replacing uh, either what they have today, companies that want to modernize. And, and by the way, you know we can talk about the market. But when you look at uh, something like 87.5% or 88% of core systems today are still on-prem and legacy. 12.5%, sure. and, and you know the numbers, 12.5% cloud, by the way. This twelve and a half percent cloud is not cloud native. Ninety nine point nine of that twelve and a half percent is is what you call lift and shift, right? The old code hosted on yes. the cloud with all the issues of configurability and 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 flexibility. And good luck getting the next uh, the next version after God knows how much money you actually deployed. And obviously, this is a cloud native from a deployment standpoint. Uh, from times, you know, we we look at the eight weeks average time cycle. Of going live with a customer, this is this is uh, quite unique from an approach perspective. So that's one thing we do. <clears throat> Provided we focus on those eighty-eight and percent, uh, which are looking to modernize, uh, either they're homegrown or want to move to the cloud, uh, and want to do it in a frictionless way as possible. The other folks that you, you that that are playing in this uh, domain is uh, folks that actually have been using TPAs, and decide to bring t- uh, claims in house, and now they right. need a system right so so those are other folks at the companies that we're actually working with you know one uh, we have got example of at least one of uh, one customers uh, sure they did the same thing and we we are actually now discussing the same process with others uh, and i would say this, the the other elements and we talked about it is uh, the ability to companies sometimes say listen i'm i, I want to modernize and by the way covid i think helped yeah. some of the companies you know realize or expedite that need expedite that need. We can, Exactly. Pushed. acceleration of this kind of uh, realization but some say listen I'm, I'm not ready yet but what can you actually provide me you know uh, to, to you know to enhance the operations and then we go to uh, to really the discussion about what's your key pain points and what's your key strategic priorities and based on that we actually start you know either deploying just an FNOL piece or, or you know uh, various uh, various features or various modules. Uh, that we have on our product set. Um, so that's what we do.
2: A company like Hippo or Kin that are also newer cloud-based yeah. companies the the adoption for them is a piece of cake. They're not fighting through and slicing through all this legacy uh, yeah. tech stack.
0: So you classified it right. I mean, Take the, and, and by the way, you know, when you think about uh, what really kind of drives a lot of this innovation, I think, you know, the, the, the fact that you got such a, an amazing number of distribution platforms out there. Those guys um, are, for me, a key, I call it a driver for several reasons, but I think, uh, you know, shared vision is one of them. I think a lot of those companies promise, yeah. you know, think about what they promise to the policyholder in the underwriting side, right? Right. To onboard them, there's a simplicity, user-friendly, and mm-hmm. speed and then mm-hmm. a lot of the time they use TPAs. Now guess what happens in majority of the TPAs, right? You you get this experience of speed, user friendly, and, and uh, you know speed when you onboard. But then I need you when I submit a claim, and that it's not quite the same experience. There's this lack of consistency. So. Uh, I think when they look at a cloud native and and a system that is intuitive and help adjuster, you know, just do things much faster and better. And we can talk about what that means. But all of a sudden, you know, the customer experience is pretty much consistent with with the onboarding experience. But for me, by the way, when we wanted to go live, and you can imagine, I mean, this industry, what we provide in, in, you know, as opposed to a point solution, right? If you talk just a fraud detection, or damage assessment, uh, this is a, a quite a heavy undertaking, right? It's, it's the entire platform with such a core system. We're actually going to give a startup, you know, yeah, go run my claims. Thank you. You know, for for me was how do I create the fastest KPIs? How do I actually get a shorter sales cycle, a faster integration? Uh, to actually start, you know, running and getting some credibility in the market and credentials and results, right? So I think for yeah. me that was uh, that was a key challenge, and I think the uh, folks like uh, you know again the Insuretax uh, distribution platform other really helped us.
2: So when you look at some of these legacy carriers, some of these hundred and twenty year old carriers, some that yeah. might even be on green screen still, Pretty do you good, even man. bother with them? I mean, do you have a value proposition for those people as well who are buried deep?
0: Absolutely. I think, that, so So let's not get confused. My my targeted market is those guys. You know, I think, you know, the, the insure tech is a big market for us and we focus on this. I think, again, as I said, shared vision and speed. But the pain point is even much more with the big guys, right? With the traditional guys. And one of our, you know, uh, customer is not 150 years old, but, you know, they've got systems or I would say the, the core systems are like, spread it across various systems and it's like a spaghetti of solutions and we need to integrate those to those, uh, to those uh, guys and actually it took us again weeks rather than, than many many months. but I think the problem when you think about um, I, I would categorize it as following you know we basically help insurers improve the core of their operating business which operating business which is really the end-to-end end-to- claims operation and primarily we help them reduce what we call the claim leakage. And when you think about, you know, claim, what is claim leakage? I mean, the, the definition of it, but I think it really people, uh, the research talks about the fact that it's the overpayment uh, or mistakenly overpayment for the entire core of, of claims management because of manual work, right? Paper pushing of adjusters, I would call redundancy, bad decision-making of the you know, across the entire claim lifecycle and the inability to leverage data. So we help, you know, and, and by the way, claim leakage today is is, is you know, approximately, analysis talks about approximately up to even 10% of the claims payout. It's a huge number. So number one is really helping them do that. And again, remember, we talked about what's the, the numbers of the industry. When you think about very thin margin business, and, and in many cases, negative or combined ratio, which is surpassing 100 points. The second piece, we talked about the customer experience. This is actually and helping them provide a better policyholder experience. This is everybody's issues, even more so in the old guy, in the in the more traditional carriers. We want to make, obviously, them more compliant and help them uh, manage better. I think a huge blind spot of management, go sit with the CEO, even chief claim officer, and ask them, what's happening now in your portfolio and your claims? And mo- many of them are going to start moving in an uncomfortable way because they don't know. I mean, they need to go to the reports and they're partial and they're not you know, comprehensive. And so the ability to I call it to remove the blind spot from them or, or for them and, and give them better visibility of what's happening is a key thing. And as I said, I think what we really love in this uh, space is the ability to start making claims data work for you as a company. Uh, and this is both by the way operationally. What's wrong with the operation? Where are the bottlenecks? What do you need to improve? Where are you missing? you know what are the flags? And strategically, Imagine when you have a system, when you think about claims data, uh, this is actually a reflection of your company's risk. And so when you start seeing emerging patterns on your portfolio, uh, on your various populations, your geography or whatnot, you want to be able to funnel it really quickly, real time to the underwriting folks. Right. And so this is kind of closes the loop. And that's what really makes us uh, super excited about it.
1: Well, that is very exciting. Uh, you answered my question about how how we actually make it faster uh, and more accurate by by automating so many of those things. I'd like to ask you right now about your press release that I saw from from Hippo. What what is it? what is it you just announced with with Hippo?
0: Um, So, Hippo is a partner, uh, Five Sigma now, we actually, uh, um, you know, again, Hippo is a tech company, primarily an an exceptional one, I got to say. We see many companies out there. Uh, The way this goes all the way from the leadership uh, and how the leadership applies philosophy down to execution. And with everything they do, they looked at claims and say, you know, and thought about what can we do? What can we take? We have our platform. Uh, but what can we do, what can we utilize uh, and leverage from other folks to to enhance dramatically what you do to impact our, again, policyholder customer experience? And, and we talked about uh, speed, proactiveness, right? Part of what they do is really the, mm-hmm. even the preventage element of it. Mm-hmm. The first module was really the reserving one. So the ability to actually apply, um, you know, machine learning algorithms to identify from uh, first notice of loss, actually very smart classification of the severity or the severities of different damages that are happening in a claim Mm -hmm. and trigger automatically many workflows in the background from exposures to payments to whatnot. So mm-hmm. for us, this is really, uh, you know, for them, it's, uh, it really kind of automates a lot of things that have been manual, a lot of decision making for an adjuster to understand what actually is going on here and what needs to be the next move. Um, and so really part of their entire vision, uh, uh, we, we starting that with the, with the reserving, uh, we are discussing the other uh, modules as well, you know, with them uh, at this point, and hopefully uh, soon enough, there are going to be others. And and I gotta say there's uh, I would again I would I would categorize it under the three, you know three pillars and and I think you know this is what you one is automation right, so taking away the entire administrative drag from an adjuster, uh, obviously this will reduce errors, will increase speed and accuracy, and I think most importantly again will give the adjuster more time to focus on better decision-making. The second pillar I think is really, uh, so we talked about automation, the second is recommendation, right? Adjusters and we know it. I mean, you guys you guys know it firsthand. Adjusters are under a lot of pressure. Uh, they need to make many decisions and many adjusters, by the way, are relatively inexperienced. You know, there's a lot of uh, new folks coming in uh, and everybody has a need to to have something like, as I said initially, like an expert adjuster, giving them the tips throughout the claims claims journey um so uh you know various recommendation uh across the decision-making life cycle uh which brings us to the third pillar and we talked about how do you how do you do that and that's the data how do you gather the entire data throughout the claims life cycle uh, to allow you to build those recommendation tools um you know run those on proprietary algorithms and, and to run different modules. And basically help adjuster make better decision in the company, basically, to have a much better insights to what's going on uh, under the hood.
2: How does a company like HIPPO, in this case, just take the reserving piece? Aren't you a platform? Are they, do they have an existing platform that you guys are integrating with? Is there an API between the two? How does it work? exactly
0: exactly right and that's you remember what i talked about the full platform and modules to enhance yeah uh, and that's with hippo it's a category of uh, you know enhancement so they have a platform i mean hippo is a real technology company they have really they have an amazing technology team to focus on the variety of things and you know they're, they're constantly mm-hmm. uh, improving the way they underwrite and policy admin and so mm-hmm. they wrote it at the time you know uh, i think it was a uh, Two years back when we actually just started thinking about what we want to do, you know, and they actually went down and and wrote wrote themselves, you know, a platform, a claim resolution uh, platform. And at this point, uh, among many things that they do, they look for solutions to enhance what they do. So we actually fully API integrated to them and this is by the way from a you know part of our 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 business model today is to do that exactly and it can be on on any existing platform that you have Uh, we can provide you and integrate with you with different different modules uh, side by side on top of what you have
2: oh did we work a lot with estimating platforms like exactimate and simbility does your product work with those
0: so absolutely. I think, you know, if you recall, one of the things that cloud native platform in nowadays uh, is, is really kind of an API hub, uh, the ability to integrate. So, you know, various damage assessment uh, uh, folks, again, like Xactimate or CCC or you name it. Yes, we integrate to those API-wise and, and, and it's part of the philosophy.
2: So let's talk about you for a second because because you have an interesting story too. You You, you were in the IDF and you had an interesting job. Tell us a little bit about your background and and where you came from and how you ended up here.
0: Listen, my background—you you, mentioned—I think you know, like every Israeli, uh, spent years in the IDF. I actually um, spent eight years in the service, then spent a few more years in the prime minister's office, um, and and then I, I actually had the you know opportunity to join a startup company with all this chaotic uh, story of startup companies back in 2000. This was a startup in the world of uh, digital imaging or pattern recognition back in the days. Then I ended up doing my MBA in the States. Um, and after that, find myself working as an investment banker at Goldman in the technology media and telecom group uh, in New York. From that point, actually, Went back to Israel and headed the Corp Dev M&A uh, division for a publicly traded company called Amdog's. I think it's about nine billion today. Software company in the OSS, BSS, CRM space. Mm-hmm. I added this for uh, four years, and then I find myself being a CFO of an international energy company, energy commodity company in the UK. I can imagine going to energy, heavy capex uh, vertical, very very different than tech. Yes. And so you know and then I got back to Israel in 2016 and, uh, and as I said, had the fortune to meet uh, my co-founders Michael and Roer. And you know if I need to summarize it, I kind of saw the world through a few lenses. One is this really chaotic roller coaster of a tech startup company and then moving to a more kind of publicly traded you know quarter by quarter corporate America. Of companies. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, I've decided to find my own company, take my own destiny in my hands and uh, build something uh, exciting myself with the right partners and uh, embark on this uh, wild journey.
2: Is it hard running a company in Israel, but implementing in the United States is that must present some unique challenges?
0: Yeah. Yes. I think it's you know today. I think back in the days, and again, again, two thousand. I moved the first time. I moved with the startup to the U.S. But uh, uh, you know, Israel is, as you can imagine, is uh, although we make an absurd amount of noise, um, it's really a small, a a tiny little country. So uh, no, no tech company market is Israel. So. The the and and most of the Israeli tech companies are focused on uh, on obviously uh, EMEA and, and obviously uh, America's you know North America mm-hmm. primarily, mm-hmm. and especially you know insurance is not different right insurance a sheer line of it is uh, uh, maybe congested a little bit but the opportunity is really there English speaking is easy for Israelis and I think today with the flights I mean pre COVID obviously um, it's it's kind of straightforward so. Uh, from a management standpoint, again, you need to be in the most critical path, which is your customers. So, you know, I spent a lot of times. I've been uh, just before the COVID. I spent an enormous amount of times, obviously, on planes between prospects and and, and our customers. Um, mm-hmm. The idea is obviously to to do a relocation and be full time in the U.S. Um, you know, our CIO is in the U.S., but uh, uh, we, we're going we're gonna obviously uh, be much more visible uh, and physical situated there.
2: Well, for those of you who are wondering why Lee isn't asking any questions, it's because uh, speaking of technology has failed in the middle of our podcast today. So um, you'll have to forgive us, but I do want to thank you for tolerating that and having to put up with me, but Lee's been feeding me questions on our uh, messaging feed. So just tell us in closing, as you look out over the next five years you're in you're in such a unique little corner of the insurance world what do you see for for five sigma
0: prophecy is tough i gotta say but uh, i'll tell you what we're aiming right and and so this is what we're striving for so we're really looking to become a leader in this category providing a best-in-class data-driven claim solution you know providing the best tools to enable adjuster, as I said, at every part of the claims management process, and from my perspective, it's really uh, operating globally, uh, multi-language, currencies, whatnot, deployed in multiple carriers in various tiers. Uh, for me, it's really moving up the higher tiers. And today, mm-hmm. we cover all, b- both personal and commercial lines. You know, we want to expand mm-hmm. on that. Yep. Yeah.
2: I also wanted to ask. You know, of course, this is agnostic to the line. I mean, it's property as well as auto. Correct.
0: Absolutely. So we, we today, both the clients are, in, you know, properties, home and auto. We have both personal line and commercial lines. You know, we are now mm-hmm. actually coming out and, uh, and going to deploy. We won, um, we, we just announced, uh, you know, that we are the finalists in a global resort property management company that will include commercial and workers compensation platform. There you so go. it's very, very, very deep and very, very wide from, you know, the robustness out of the box functionality we provide.
2: So, if somebody in the U.S. market wants to reach out and contact you, let us know how they do that.
0: Obviously, first of all, uh, through the website, you um, you know anyone can uh, reach out and ask for a demo and get in touch. And we've got a few of those. And then, you know, we've got a uh, sales uh, person on the ground, sales executive that we can reach out. And obviously, if somebody hears us, can uh, at this point reach out to me directly.
2: Terrific. Through 5sigmaLabs.com.
0: Correct. Or myself, obviously, it's Oded at 5sigma labs.com. And I think, you know, folks are, you know, and you can look at a website, but uh, go to our customers and ask them, get reference, ask how to reach out, learn how we deploy. It's a big piece of this uh, entire process is not just what you provide. Obviously, that's the key. But how do you deploy what you deploy? How do you make it as riskless and frictionless as possible? Right? So we're happy to share this and happy to provide references to whoever is interested.
2: Okay. Well, listen, Oded, we loved having you with us today and uh, we wish you all the luck and we hope that you come back and visit with us again sometime soon.
0: Guys, it was a pleasure. I know Lee can hear us. So, Rob Lee, Alicia, Alan, I really appreciate and the opportunity to share the Five Sigma story.
2: Thanks. Well, Lee, that was interesting.
1: It was. It was. Are we talking about the podcast or the fact that my microphone stopped working?
2: We are not talking about your microphone, no.
1: But but you you missed me, right?
2: That was a tragedy.
1: Well, thank you. I thought so. Too. We had
2: it. We had we had an FNO insuretech podcast tragedy today.
1: We did, we did, and you want to know oh. something funny? That's not the first time that my microphone's gone out at the end of a podcast.
2: <laughs> well, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. The the more interesting topic today was was our friend Oded and his company right. that is very interesting and very pertinent to our little world. And uh, it's cool to hear that there's innovation going on on the claim side.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love to to listen to that. I love to hear the stories of how they came up with the ideas of starting these companies. right? And I picture these guys sitting around a room saying, where's our problem? Uh, we want to fix something. And, and, and they did. And it seems like they're really on to something. It took me just a little bit to really grasp it all, but I think that it seems like it's going to be a a big change in the insurance space.
2: I agree. And we're really grateful to Oded for being with us today and grateful to each and every one of you for listening, whether you're in the United States or anywhere around the world, including our friends in Israel, where we get downloads every day. And so we thank you for listening and thank you for being with us. And until next time.
1: Goodbye, everybody.